Excellent. Sure. We're... Go on, Bruce. Sorry. No, I'm just going to say just. Alexis suddenly trying to tell me what is sorry seems to be the so sorry. What? Alexa, shut up! Alexa! Alexa! Dan! 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 Alan! 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 Was it Alan? Is it Alan? Would you like me to keep reading? No! Just go and pull the plug out. I was thinking of wiring up my new house with a smart. Um, Do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm having second thoughts. Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to keep hearing more from us, please visit patreon.com slash news for a really cool way to help us. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 18 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This has been recorded on the 27th of Jan, 2018, 19 even. We're your fortnightly source for all the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. This show is hosted badly by myself, Robert Cooper. And with me locked in Rob's bedroom, Bruce Cameron. And with us this, this week is of course the amazingly wonderful Andrew Watson. Hello, not in Rob's bedroom. <laughs> and a surprise special guest. It was a surprise to me. It's Mr. Neil Fletcher. How are you? Hello there. I'm fine. Good, good. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to be talking about we have a podcast exclusive, the Verdant Collab Beer Will Blow Your Mind, with new discounts and offers for EFPs that I'm sure you're going to love. The share trading day was announced and it immediately came under fire. Uh, Bruce heads to Carlisle with Peter. We catch up with Dave from Aberdeen's Fierce Beer. There's changes at Lone Wolf and Matt is on the voicemail. What is back and a ton more stuff. Standard disclaimer time, we are all shareholders in BrewDog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of BrewDog. So, without further ado, let's play some theme music! You can either sit on the sidelines and be passive, or you can take an active stand. It's amazing to be a part of something that's not just changing the face of beer, but business too. Hi, this is Martin Vicky. Hey, this is T. Hey, this is James. This is the BrewDog News Podcast. BrewDog News Podcast. James Watt. Martin Dickey, she's diabolical, absolutely diabolical. Hi, hi, Bulldog News Podcast, it's Blackie EFL Meldrum again. And a huge shout out to our new Patreon supporters over the last month, but especially our top tier Patreon supporter, Innes. Thank you, Innes, and thank you to Ian for recording our intro there. Gentlemen, before I begin, let me just give a quick shout out to a couple of folk. Brewdog Edinburgh, you've been fantastic on Instagram. Thank you very much for all your support. All the investors that I met yesterday at the brewery tour, hello to all of you. I promised to say hi. Hello to Scott Graham and a lovely, lovely message I got from Cole Meister from the forum. Uh, I just wanted a quick, quick shout out. Gentlemen, hello. Andrew, we'll start with you. You are looking wonderful, sir. How is life, how is 2019 treating you? It's it's better than mediocre, so that's, that's that's always a good way to start the year. That was very Scottish, wow. wasn't it? That's a that's a positive <laughs> vibe, isn't it? Uh, Bruce, yes, uh, you are right. actually in my house, um, in my Locked bedroom. In your bedroom. <laughs> I'm um, actually going to go into your history in a minute. No, don't you dare! If uh, if you if you do really well at this podcast, I'll post some food under the door for you for later. Oh, do you mind? <laughs> <laughs> I've already yeah, had pizza. How's things yeah. with you, buddy? I know you subscribed to Fanzine. That was one thing I spied. Anything else of interest going on with you? No, not really. Just been just been keeping busy. Um, went down to Carlisle, which we'll talk about later on. Um, other than that, no, I've just been keeping myself to myself and visiting Aberdeen, visiting the folks this weekend. Did a little bit of DJing last night and uh, thought I'd come round and see you. And then next thing I know, it's, I'm, I'm stuck in your bedroom. Marvellous. Uh, Mr. Neil Fletcher, how are you, sir? Uh, rather busy in January. Uh, I usually write January off until the close of the HMRC tax window, and then I can start the new year. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, previous podcast listeners will uh, be aware that we generally get you on when there's anything to talk about to do with shares or share trading or anything mm-hmm. like that. And we do have a story uh, about that today I wanted to speak to you about, but uh, you very kindly offered to stick around for the rest of the podcast because... We're missing Emma. She is currently, I believe, on a flight to India. Wow. So, I did think about reviving the computer voice, Emma, but... Uh, no, it I was funny the first time. 
It, yeah, it was. And, and it's not like us to milk a joke, is it? <laughs> no. Can I just say before we get started that yep. uh, those on the forum before Christmas will have seen a, a wonderful initiative that the Equity Punk team put together called Equity Punk Christmas Punk to Punk, where people on the forum and beyond could vote for shareholders who've really added something to the shareholder experience. And mm-hmm. I know that Rob's far too humble to blow his own trumpet on this, but I think I speak for all the listeners and for Bruce, myself and Neil and Emma and Peter and everyone else that we were delighted that Rob got a massive special mention for having so many votes and got a special box of beers. So from us to you, Rob, congratulations. Bravo, bravo, well done. You know, actually, actually, it wasn't just me. Neil, you got a little surprise as well, didn't you? I did, yes. Now, I also got your Christmas card, I believe, and you got mine. I did, yeah. So we, we did say we weren't going to tell anyone about that, but oh, hey, sorry. it's done now. So. <laughs> well, yeah. congratulations. Congrats to both of you because you add, you know, speaking as a, a fellow investor, you add so much to everyone's experience of being a BrewDog shareholder for absolutely, absolutely no reward and a huge amount of work. So uh, well deserved and thank you. Oh, I'm actually blushing. Anyway, um, there's probably loads of new folk listening to this going, why are you all patting yourselves on the back? Let's just get on with it. Um, yes. Right, Bruce, you've got the first story. Uh, yep. Some new EFP benefits. Tell yeah, us all about three, them. Actually, there's three of them. There's three new EFP benefits that I think we need to tell you about. The first one being the Punk Parcel Service, which they're going to run as a trial until the end of April. Um, so you're able to pick up your parcel from any UK Brewdog bar. So is this is this parcels from Brewdog or is this any parcels you like? So yeah, any parcel you can go and get picked up from a UK Brewdog bar, up to a certain size. Yeah, which would have been handy last week because you were posting something down to me, Rob, and you had to send it to somewhere that was working. But if you posted it to one of the, the, the Glasgow Brewdog, I would have easily picked it up from there, no problem at all. Yeah, cool. Nice service. It's, I think they were just running it as a trial while you said that. So, yeah, let's have, let's see. Yeah, see, see how they that got? goes. They've got the extended birthday beer offering. So, if you're having that birthday beer in their bar, you can pre-book for a group of six or more people and they will make your party even better with some sharing platters and a very special birthday beer on them. Ooh. So, I've got my birthday coming up, which is in May. If anybody wants to get to just double check what day that is. Sorry, did you just have to check when your own birthday yeah. is? <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's a Tuesday night. Tuesday. Is it, Tuesday is it night. A, speci- a special birthday this year, is it, Bruce? Nah, nah, yeah, it's my birthday. It's just a birthday. It's, it's okay. a special. My birthday is special. So. so it's the next birthday coming up. So I, I think then, I'm busy that night, but <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, sure, sure you're yeah. And then after that, we have the third EFP benefit that we've got for you is the extended daytime discount. So with that, the um, obviously we know that Equity Punks already score additional discount before five o'clock during the week, but starting this weekend, they're moving it to weekends as well. Now that is cool. So However, you can go into a Brewdog pub uh-huh. on a Saturday afternoon and you're going to get an additional 20% off? Well, I read it was mm. only up until half past 12. Is that a Catch, um, I'm spying Andrew nodding at me on the webcam. Is that right? Which means if they open at 12. Yeah, but not every bar opens at 12. Some of them open for, for brunch at half 10, 11. Um, but beer you can't buy until 12, is that right? It depends on the bar, I think. But oh. hey, it's an extra discount. I don't really get the morning on this one because at the end of the day, the bars aren't... I was in the Shoreditch bar at 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon and there wasn't a table to be had, so... Why on earth should the bars be sacrificing margin Absolutely. and giving up, you know, ultimately giving up profit that helps all of us as shareholders when they can be filled anyway at that time? But if they see the softness over that sort of last bit of the morning, very mm-hmm. first bit of lunchtime, fair enough. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all good with that. Yeah, fair enough. Well, so three new things there, all good. Uh, thank you, Brewdog. They actually surprised us with those. Um, next up, I am going to drag Neil into this conversation. Um, we have the trading day. It was announced, we'd, we'd been long speculated that it was going to be on 31st of January. It officially got announced as being that. Um I will be honest with you, gentlemen, I've had so much going on this last week and I kept meaning to come back and look at the thread where this was announced. The one thing I did notice about the thread was that it got posted and within three hours there was over 400 comments and a very quick slide through showed me that there was some 
it, it looked like people weren't very happy. It wasn't all over going yay woo. So, um, Andrew, I, I wonder if you um, could maybe talk us through kind of what you spied there. And, and Neil, if you've got any comments, please chime in. Will do. Well, where to begin? <laughs> so in every AFP prospectus for at least the last few um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Neil, uh, there has been promised an a, opportunity to trade your BrewDog shares, which is not something that BrewDog have to do because it's, of course, not a listed uh, listed stock or share. It's, it's private equity. It's something that you can't do with the vast majority of other crowdfunded investments. Nevertheless, BrewDog offered the ability to trade shares when there isn't mm-hmm. uh, a current equity for punks raise going on, and they offer one day per year to do that. Now, those of us with some medium-term memories will remember the last one being pretty much a car crash. When was uh, it? Was it about three years ago, maybe, or two? Am I... Was it 26? Must have been 2016. Neil, when was uh, yeah. the last time people stopped moaning at you to sell the shares for it? Um, <laughs> they still haven't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and actually, I only got involved after the last trading day because I was one of those people who wasn't organised enough and couldn't get involved. So I do have a lot of sympathy and understanding with those people who are who are angry that things are complicated and there's a short window because I was in that situation last time. Uh, so uh, so that that is the difficulty. And as they said, whenever there's a share issue, we can't do one. So the reality is that since 2009, there, this is only the third that there's ever been. So, yep. so a we're lot in of people position. wanting to... Sorry, Andrew, go on. I'll just cut you right off there, buddy. Go, go. So, as we said, BrewDog don't have to offer this um, if they were just a standard crowdfunded private equity venture, but they've chosen to do so and they've made this promise. So here we are, as Neil said, with the third ever trading day. Now there's two, uh, roughly two camps of people on the, the forum who have been complaining, plus a third camp of people who are delighted, grateful. People like Neil who invested in EFP1, others in EFP2 and, and some EFP3 folk who certainly on paper should make a decent return. But the moaning seems to have come from two camps. The first is from the overseas investors who, with the admin involved to do this trading day, it is a tight turnaround. You've got to send paper documents, you've got to use use the post, and, and that is tough. The other camp is one that I struggle to have a, as much sympathy for, which is people who have been prompted by BrewDog via email or by the forum uh, over the last number of weeks to get their computer share records in order. Um, James himself said there'd be a trading day on the 31st of January before Christmas, and yet it's come as a surprise to a lot of people who then, unfortunately, don't read the very clear instructions on the forum for what they need to do. I don't have as much sympathy for those people, but I hope they get sorted out. Neil, what's your thoughts? Um... I'm surprised at the short official notice um, because although it was said, I think, back in October that 31st of January was the preferred date, it wasn't officially announced um, that the date would be the 31st until 10 days before. And also the method that would need to be used was not announced until that point, which does leave a very short window for people. With regard to overseas investors, that's not BrewDog's fault at all. I'm afraid uh, trading in equities is a highly regulated um, activity throughout the world. uh, And hard copy paper is pretty much required wherever you go. The difficulty for overseas investors is that uh, the trading in these equities is not part of the European free market or or any other one that's there. And there are still quite rigid regulations that still have to be followed. And if you happen to be a US citizen or even have dual nationality as a US citizen, I'm afraid that Uncle Sam in the shape of the IRS needs to be involved as well. So quite a lot of brokers will not even contemplate doing the work for a US citizen. So it makes it quite hard for them to to do the trading. So uh, just so I'm clear on this, because again, apologies, I didn't go into too much detail on the thread. So people are unhappy uh, because basically they they feel they haven't had enough time. And there's a lot more involved with this rather than just flicking up a web page on your phone and pressing a couple of buttons. Am I am I following that right? Yeah. What well, essentially you you need access to a printer, and you need to be able to post uh, documents and send them into the uh, the share centre in a very short window. 
uh, and you will need your national insurance number if you're in the UK. If you're a foreign citizen, you will actually need hard copy evidence of your identity uh, because the share trade people actually have to check check this out. They're not allowed just to buy and sell shares for anybody. Uh, so it is quite a long process. Ideally, uh, I would have thought that maybe three or four weeks, say, of notice saying that this is the date we're going to trade would have would have solved those problems. With regard to the comments earlier on about people not having their computer share accounts in order, uh, I'm afraid this is exactly what I did the last time around. Uh, and it took me about three months to get my address and access to my shareholding. So I understand that. But what we all must learn from our lessons is when that email comes saying, congratulations, you have invested in BrewDog. Here's a link to computer share. You have to do that there and then. And every few months you need to go and check that it's accurate, that they've got your correct address, your correct email and everything else. Otherwise, when something like this happens, you might not be ready to trade in a very short period of time can i i'm gonna play devil's advocate here in this is it possible that brewdog don't really want people to be trading that many shares and therefore have made this difficult that's my first question and yes. my second question okay <laughs> that's been answered already my second question is uh, i i more and more recently have been trying to speak to people who've invested in brewdog but aren't at all involved with the brand i mean they rarely go to the bra the bars not the bras <laughs> they rarely go to the bars uh they, they never really log on to the forum at all they maybe even don't see half the emails because there's just too much email from brewdog and these are folks with normal jobs they're not even craft beer drinkers perhaps they're people who invested a few thousand pound because they thought it was a good punt to take on a company you know is it is it fair that they found it so easy to buy these shares because it really was easy to buy the shares and now it's quite seemingly quite difficult to sell them? Uh, I suppose both those questions are really the same thing. So what's your take on it, Andrew? Well, in order then, I'd say yes to your first question. Um, to the second one, I think BrewDog are putting themselves in a very interesting position as the pioneer of this scale of crowdfunding. They have... A degree of responsibility to do the right thing, even though there's nothing particularly legally they, they have to do. And, and indeed, I believe they're ticking all the boxes legally they have to do. I think there needs to be more of an appreciation that Brewdog have created a new class of investor, more generally, of people who can chuck in 50 quid. And to be honest, they're expecting a return, even though, as I think Neil says, and correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth, Neil, that... That level of investment, you're joining a beer club and you might make some money at the back end of it. Nonetheless, I think BrewDog needs to be better at holding people's hands. They've tried a bit this time, and I've got to say, as we usually do, since Cam came on board as Head of Investor Relations, that has improved massively. The comms have gone out. They've prompted people to get their computer share accounts in order, which never used to happen. Uh, nonetheless, I think there is still a, a long way to go. But also people's expectations are, are wrong as well. Owning shares involves work. If you want to do anything other than just leave them sitting there, you've got to put the work in, you've got to do the admin, and you've got to at least try to inform yourself about the ins and outs of it. And I think we're seeing an unfortunate collision of people who, maybe it's a societal thing, that people expect things to be done for them. And now they're having to realise that they do things themselves. And also the fact that, that BrewDog have got a lot of people in here who have no knowledge and no experience of this and have to learn very quickly. Yeah, you certainly haven't uh, taken me out of context at all there. Um, I, I still very much believe that at £47.50 and possibly a free pint of punk when you bought your voucher to pay that money, uh, it really is a beer club. And to expect much more uh, from that is quite a lot to expect. Um Having said that, uh, people who put in £95 in EFP2 uh, are sitting on quite a, a nice large amount of money. Thank you very much now. Uh, I doubt, personally, that anybody putting in those sort of figures in anything after EFP2 are going to make that sort of return, uh, but it's not impossible. I think what, and I've said this a few times on the forum, BrewDog have broken the mould when it comes to selling private equity to the masses. What they haven't worked out yet is how to clear up the mess uh, of when they broke that mould. And that mess is how do you deal with so many investors? How do you keep them informed? How do you make sure that they are doing what they need to do to keep hold of their investment? An interesting fact is that any untraceable investors after a certain period of time, the shares will automatically revert back to the company. 
which is great yeah. news for the great news for those of us who who keep hold of our shares. But I actually wonder if there are some EFP one and two investors out there with quite significant shareholdings who probably haven't got in touch or had forgotten about it uh, over the last ten years. And um, if they don't do anything over a certain period of time, those shares will revert back to Brewdog. That is interesting, and that could be the sort of thing that you know could get some really negative press as well. Um, if it's any consolation, I don't think Brewdog could be proactive about that. And you, sorry to interrupt, Neil, but I think that's mm. where Brewdog need to be proactive to an extent. Sure, they've done all they can, whether it's via email, through social media, through assuming that EFP one and two investors are predominantly in the northeast of Scotland. Should they be putting ads in the P and J, for example, to say? come and, and ch- just go and check your shareholding and let us know you're still alive and still active. Yeah, I think I think they could maybe spend a little bit of time and it wouldn't be a lot of time uh, trying to contact particularly FP1 and 2 investors, uh, use the last details that they have, send it recorded delivery, um, see if it comes back. Um, and I mean, I actually came across someone um, who they'd inherited shares, uh, didn't know what the piece of paper was, but it was nearly 20,000 shares. And those shares could have been easily forgotten oh, about. 20,000 shares? Yeah. <laughs> Bruce, you're very quiet on all this. Yeah, because I'm trying to log in the computer share and I can't get in. <laughs> 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 Oh, perfect. Right, um, there'd be much more to say on that. We did forget to say right at the start that the trading day is actually going to be, of course, on the day that this podcast comes out. So if you're listening to this, it's already too late, probably. Uh, but yeah, uh, we'll we'll come back. We'll see how it goes. I've, I'm a little concerned about how the IT holds up. Um, I mentioned that to you in a private message, Neil. Um, I'm not sure if, if they've done anything uh, about that, because I know that was an issue last time as well. But hey, I think Wait and see what happens. It's too late to give people advice, I suppose, but uh, I believe they're taking amendments to the offers on the day by email, and that's probably a lot more reliable than the telephone if hundreds of people are trying to get through at the same time. Yeah. So as long as people send their emails in before 4 o'clock, this should be okay. It'll be very I mean, interesting yeah. to see how it, how, it, how it lands. Very good. Interesting. Right. Well, we'll follow up on that on the next episode for sure. Just, it just turns out I've actually just locked myself out of my computer share account. Brilliant. <laughs> Well done, Bruce. Okay, next up, uh, the save the date for Beatnik Brewery. The Beatnik Brew Day got announced. Uh, if you've not heard about Beatnik, this is where, via social media, uh, we all get to vote on a beer style that Brewdog will brew. Um, and then there's a sort of party, for want of a better word, held at the brewery, where we get the first taste of the brew that we created collectively created. Um, there's usually a Q&A with Martin or James or both. Um, there's mini brewery tours, um, there's food trucks, things like that. Well, they announced that this year's one is going to be on the 29th of June. Um, if you are in any way uh, any able to come up to Aberdeen and up to the brewery, it's absolutely worth it. Um, it's not the AGM. It's a much more um, intimate affair, but because it, it's held at the brewery, um, 1,200 folk is the number I think that they're looking for this year. Um, a lot of people, is it? It is, yeah. But I mean, you remember it's all spread out between, you know, right in the, the front of the brewery. There's the big car parks. They've got a big tent down the side of Overworks. They've got Overworks itself. They've got inside the brewery. They can clear a lot of the storage space temporarily. Um, they are trying to put some live music on for us this year as well. Um, I was speaking to Cam about this over the weekend. So uh, hopefully that'll come off if they can get all the health and safety and licensing and all that sort of stuff sorted. Sure. Um, so yeah, keep your eye out for that one on the forum if you're interested. It's uh, it's it's an AGM day, just a lot more chilled out. That's how I describe it. Someone said it was how the AGM used to be, mm-hmm. um, but I, I didn't go to the early AGM, so I wouldn't know. But yeah, really enjoy it. So yeah, cool. Now next up, Bruce, yes. you've got this one. No, back. It's got here back in 2018, as in six weeks ago. Right? <laughs> Actually, it's slightly longer than six weeks ago. But back in 2018, and as part of the blueprint. BrewDog announced a series of collaborations with some very big breweries which would be exclusively available in BrewDog's Draft House pubs. Now, the first of these is a collaboration with Victory Brewing Company, and this will be a German lager called Prima Pils. And Bill from Victory featured in a short video that BrewDog posted online. Now, before we play that audio, let's have a quick brain teaser. When we mentioned, Rob mentioned the, uh, the Beatnik Brew Day, but can you remember what style of beer was chosen as last year's winner? Ooh. I actually knew this. Oh, you did. Right, anyway, here's the audio. 
Today, Draft House is collaborating with Victory Brewing Company. Let's go ahead and get started. I'm Bill Kovaleski, and I'm with Victory Brewing Company. I'm Tamar Banner. My position is the production manager here. So we're here today to make the first batch of Draft House Lager. It's really exciting to get to work with Bill and to get to work with Victory to um, come up with the recipe, um, put together the beer, get to brew together today, um, grow the yeast, which is, for this beer, a pretty important part of the style. In terms of the ingredients, we looked to be very specific about how these things were going to work together because this is very simple beer in its construction. Uh, it has a single type of malted barley, it has a single variety of hops, it has a singular yeast strain. Um, each of those players, like a string quartet, really has to be completely integrated. Brewing is the perfect marriage of both art and science, and I think it's really this moment where the science comes through. Four simple ingredients, a ton of technology. It's very approachable. The, the, the style in general is very approachable. And this beer, I think, absolutely will nail that. Victory is something that we look to achieve in the glass for people. Cheers. So before the break, we asked if you could remember what style of beer was chosen as last year's winner. And it was, Andrew, do you know? It was the Raspberry Cheesecake Imperial Stout, wasn't it? Oh, did you read Are you Shreds? reading that off the spreadsheet, or did you remember that? No, we tasted it together. You won't did remember, we? but yes. It was no, the I Raspberry w- Cheesecake Imperial Stout. I was busy doing the podcast, and you were busy staring at me going, will you hurry up and do this podcast? No, no, it was before the podcast, wasn't it? <laughs> I was definitely there with Peter, and uh, I'm sure you guys were there as well. Anyway, yeah. it, was the, it was the morning after that bottle share. So, yeah, Oh yeah, the one yeah. where Bruce was upside down on a bus the night before. Trying to get my yep. camera. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yep. the very same. We're keen to hear from you here on the Brewdog News Podcast, so please feel free to call us on 01224 518 501 and leave us a message. Uh, we got two messages this month. The first one is the voicemail from the friend of the show. This is Matt, Matt the Banker. How's it going, everybody at Brewdog News? It's Matthew here. Look, I've got a question. Christmas has come, it's gone. New Year's come, it's gone. My birthday's come, it's gone. But when are we going to see the Overworks bottles? The public demand to know. Just for now. Matt wants to know when the Overworks bottles are finally going to appear. Well, Matt, I can tell you this uh, because it was announced on the forum and I've been speaking to the folks from Overworks as well. So, um, the 6th of February, they will be available as an EFP exclusive. The 7th of February, they will be available in the bars and from the online shop. And the 16th for everyone else, um, which means that some bottle shops and things like that will get them. I'm hoping the world-famous Newton Arms will manage to get a couple of bottles as well. Is anybody here excited about overworks like I am? Yes. No. Neil? No, probably not. High five, Neil. Next up, uh, the farmer of the year, in our eyes anyway, uh, it is of course Mr. Jim Watt himself. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Watty. Hi, hi, Brewdog News Podcast. Watty here for all Melbourne for you, Dean and Well, Bob, this is just a short phone call because, well, we're, we're heading off soon to the Grass and Muck Show. Uh, it's on the 8th of February at Tipperary, so we have to leave early because it's a long way again. <laughs> aye, only why. I was wondering, fit is all this about a burger with no meat in it? Fit's all about. Is Brewdog a shortage in meat or something? Because mind, Dougie is still for sale. Anyway, better get ready. Cheerio no. Bye bye. Ah, okay. So, yes, muck and grass show coming up. So that'll be interesting to hear about that from Watty. But yes, he's asking us about the non-meat burger, Hmm. which is, of course, the January special, Born to Live. Uh, If you've been following along on our Instagram, which I am not supposed to tell you that Emma's doing and not me. She she does it better. um, She does it way better. She's done an amazing photograph of the Born to Live burger. Uh, And if you're not familiar with this, it is... um, Let me remind myself here of... Do you want me to tell you? It's a beetroot brioche bun, vegan... uh... Chipotle? Chip- How do you say that? How do you actually Chipotle. say that? Chipotle. Yeah, Chipotle. Chipotle, Chipotle yeah. slaw. You get the Beyond Meat patty. Roasted red peppers with lettuce and pickle. And now, the Beyond Meat patty is, um, it's really close to meat in terms of texture and taste. And I'm sorry, Bruce, I'm cutting you off. What I will say, because I've been doing vegetarian January this month, up until about two days ago, uh, it's amazing the reactions you get when you're telling people there's a veggie burger and it tastes like meat. Because, of course, the first thing they say is like, 
well, why don't you just eat meat? And I have to explain to him, well, the point is, if you believe all the environmental scientists and all the rest of them, which I personally do, if we don't stop eating so much meat as society, we're going to be in trouble. Um, not that far away. So I think to have a product that's very close to, to an actual burger, a beef burger, and it tastes amazingly good, which these do, and I would choose this over a regular burger. It's that good. Yes. But not when you cook it. Is that right? No, I right. So I bought a couple of pates from Tesco and cooked them at home, and they were nowhere near as nice as Brewdog did them because I they think when Brewdog did, yeah, <laughs> when Brewdog cooked them, they cut them over uh, the flame grill, I believe. You know, the sort of Burger King style with the flames and all that, right. and it makes them taste amazing. Um, Andrew, I'm guessing you haven't tried the burger. No, needs more bacon. Neil, are you? Uh, are you are you fond of a veggie burger that tastes like meat? Well, back in the 80s and 90s, I was a vegetarian. And then I keep trying to order the Satan burger. But every every time I've tried to order it, it's been out of stock in two or three different brew dog bars yeah. I've been to. So not really had a chance yet. But actually, I'm not a fan of burgers, even even meat versions. Much prefer, right, if okay. I was meat, I much prefer the meat as it is rather than processed. I had a burger from uh, a well-known chain it was an expensive burger and I've I've been cutting my carbs down recently and I asked for it to be wrapped in lettuce and <laughs> <laughs> what they had yeah. no, seriously what they had they had two massive kind of cups of lettuce one at the bottom one at the top and I'll tell you I would order that again so if they served this burger with a lettuce kind of clamshell I would go for that yeah fair enough still needs more bacon <laughs> But to, I've actually seen a couple of people on the forum say that the veggie burgers are best if you get a bit of bacon put in as well. And it's got the most amazing combination and texture. So really? maybe that's All the right. way I'll go. Maybe that's, yeah. yeah, possibly. Hmm. All right. Uh, on Thursday, uh, just gone, I headed to Brewdog Castlegate to catch up with Dave Grant from Fierce Beer. That interview's coming up towards the end of the show. Uh, but while I was there, I was lucky enough to grab James from Verdant, who is in the bar as part of the Verdant Tap Takeover and meet the brewer. Uh, during the chat, he mentioned the collaboration that he'd been working on with Jason Pond, who's the head of production up at Brewdog, um, earlier in that day. And I think you're going to be very, very interested to hear what they are brewing. I did ask permission, and this is a little bit of a podcast exclusive. Okay, uh, back in Brewdog Castlegate, and uh, the Verdant Tap Takeover is in full swing, as I'm sure you can hear behind me. In fact, I haven't actually seen Castlegate this busy for Tap Takeover in a quite a while. Uh, but I've been really lucky to grab one of the guys from Verdant who's here and talking about the beers. James, how's your day going so far? My day's going very well. Yeah, I'm drinking some lovely beers, not just Verdant ones. <laughs> uh, I've had a great brew day uh, with Brew. Dog, being shown around, we brewed something exciting, and just really enjoyed my stay in Aberdeen. I was at Fierce yesterday as well, so you know. Oh, that's awesome! We've we've got an interview with them as well, so that that's fantastic. Um, so before we get into talking about the the collab you're doing with uh, Brewdog, can you tell folk who don't really know anything about Verdant? Can you maybe just give a little bit of background about who Verdant are and what you guys do? Yes, I can. We're uh, essentially three guys from. Cornwall, or not originally from Cornwall, but live in Cornwall, who uh, got into brewing about four years ago uh, when we started to taste uh, beers that had interesting and new hot flavours. We couldn't buy them locally, so we decided to make them and obviously ended up going down a massive rabbit hole of uh, hot contracts, investing in shiny stainless stuff, and look where we are now. <laughs> but yeah, today you were up here, you were brewing with Fierce yesterday, as you mentioned, you brewed with Brewdog today. How was the experience of working with the guys from Brewdog? It was great. So the idea was really to brew an amped up punk IPA. So it was one of those beers back in the day for me and the other guys involved in Burden. I mean, it's not just the three of us now in Burden, there's like nine of us. Um, and Punk IPA was pretty seminal, you know, something very hoppy, really amazing aroma, good quality beer coming out of cans and bottles. And uh, so it was an important beer, and I think that tastes change a bit, you know, palates change, and maybe beers that 
once upon a time felt like they were super punchy in aroma, maybe don't feel like that now. And so it was a joint idea with uh, the guys at Brewdog, Jason especially, to, uh, to brew a, a, a punk IPA, but really amp up the dry hop. And we softened it up a touch with the water profile, uh, not into New England territory, but just, just a little bit. Uh, and it's probably gonna be a slightly higher ABV, somewhere around six. But it's like triple, almost triple the dry hop. So uh, you should be able to smell that from a foot away. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm excited to. Uh, personally, I'm really excited to drink it. Yeah. And it, I think Jason today said to me that it was actually that when I suggested it on the email, he he was like instantly, yeah, that sounds good because he was said it was kind of on his mind to do something like that anyway. So it's a bit serendipitous, I think. Awesome. It's now with the frustrating wait while it ferments, and we've all got to wait and see how yeah, it turns out. I imagine it's going to be about three weeks till it's uh, it's out and about. But, yeah. Yeah. Too many opinions. That's what a lot of people say that I've got. Great name for a beer. Um, that one I've not seen on tap yet. So is that a new beer from you guys? Yep. So we kind of had this idea to brew a uh, West Coast double IPA uh, with a proper West Coast yeast and some traditional West Coast hops, so it's like Columbus, Cascade, Simcoe, Amarillo. So it's like lots of pininess, fruitiness, uh, a little bit herbaceous as well. It's super dry, it came in at 9.2%. Um, you know, I'd say influences for it would probably be something like Russian River. Pliny, both Pliny's or Pliny's, however you say it. <laughs> Sorry, Vinny. And, uh, you know, just uh, just trying something different. So it's not we haven't dry hopped it up to the level of our well, New England doubles, um, but it's it's a bigger dry hop than say Pulp, which is one of those double IPAs that slightly straddles the coasts. And it's the we just thought we'd go for it. You know, we let it kind of lager almost before we dry hopped it. Dropped as much yeast as we could. So it's a fairly clean representation of, of the hops and the malts and the alcohol. It's definitely boozy. It's 9.2. You've got a chest warmth going on with it. Um, and it, I think it's the first iteration of, of maybe a few versions of this. Um, your crowdfunding went very well, to say the least. Uh, a lot of support down there um, in Dorset. Dorset? No, not Cornwall. Dorset. Dorset's a nice county though. Yeah. You can put that in the podcast. <laughs> James, um, thank you so much for giving me your time, buddy. I- I'm sorry again to spring this on to you. Absolute pleasure meeting to you. Amazing beers. Really enjoying my one. I'm drinking the uh, headband just now, which is going down an absolute treat. Um, really looking forward to trying the amplified punk when it comes out because that sounds <laughs> awesome. James, thanks again, mate. Really, real pleasure speaking to you. No problem at all. No problem at all. Thank you. So, there we go, gents. Yeah, Punk Amplified. A hazy Ooh. punk coming in at higher ABV, uh, 6 7%. Depends how it w- works out when they actually uh, get to the fermentation done. What do you think? I'm up for that. I mean, I'll, I'll try it, definitely. Yeah. Neil, I know you said you're not a sours drinker. You must be a punk drinker. Um, no, I'm. I'm more a five a.m. River, not five a.m. Oh. and stouts. Yeah. Man, you do like you do like a real ale as well, don't you? I do like a real ale. Yes, I do. Um, I, I was a camera person back in the 1980s. Um, but when you were uh, seven, <laughs> if only I'd only just been seven. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, but no. Yeah, yes. Oh, camera, camera. (laughs) Sorry, I'm ahead of photography. I was going, uh, what, video? What, you worked on TV? Like charades? No. no, no. (laughs) Back in the days when that was about the only decent beer you could get. Ah, interesting. Yeah, so um, Amplified Punk. um, What do you think? It was something, people asked for it when, when James said, how should we amplify our business this year a lot of people said we want double punk we want hazy punk so this is one way to get that out there without diluting what punk it is what punk itself is all i hope is that they do a special label because the versus labels are looking really tired mm. do you think yes 
<laughs> the only versus label that looked good was the Ballast Point Shipwreck one, and that was only cool because they scribbled out Ballast Point after they sold out. That's right, so they did. <laughs> you know, somebody at Brewdog puts their heart and soul into making all these things, and you just come in here and just say mm. it's rubbish. It's it. As I say, one of them looked good, and now I think they look tired. And Heart and Soul, no, it's it's changing the colour on the same label. Heart and Soul would be get get Johanna Basford to do an amazing reworking of of punk for for the label. Like how cool was Hinterland and Barrelage Hinterland? Oh, that was absolutely yeah. What was what was punk sitting at initially when it first came out? ABV wise, was that? Well, actually, fun, do you know something? Funnily enough, I've literally got right here. Genuinely, I've got DIY Dog, which has all the Brew Dog recipes. I can probably very quickly tell you. Right, hold on. Here we go. Number one beer, Punk IPA 2007. Originally, 2007 to 2010 was originally 6%, Bruce. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, at an IBU of 60, International Bitterness Units, as we've learnt. Uh, but the current version is, of course, 5.6 and is not as bitter at 40 IBUs. Anything else you'd like to know about Original Punk? We can do that for sort of the late night pillow sessions, so it help people to sleep by reading out the recipes. The Brewdog News Podcast Extra. Patreon exclusive. Oh, no, we want people to actually give us money on Patreon, not actually like, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Andrew, you've got the next one. Um, openings, bar openings. Let's, uh, let's see where we're let's... at. There was an announcement, wasn't there? Yeah, let's rattle through what's expected this year. There is a massive caveat before we get going that... These are, on the whole, planned deals or deals that have been agreed verbally or projects that are awaiting planning or licensing. So as we've seen in re- other, uh, as we've seen in previous years, for example, Brewdog Hull isn't happening in the same location anymore because that's fallen through. Barra's Hopworks in Glasgow fell through as well. Mm-hmm. This can happen. So without uh, dwelling on that too much, Mr. Carlisle... Negative. Well, just before people take the podcast and hold it up and say, you said this was going to... Anyway. <laughs> Carlisle opened last week, apparently. Bruce, didn't it? <laughs> yes, it did. Yes. And more on that it story later. Um, Dalston. So Brewdog have been trying to get into Dalston for seven years, I believe. It's a part of northeast London. Where, all right, okay. Um, so they had a site, it fell through. They had another site, fell through. They finally got something actually confirmed, which will open in March. And hot on its heels in April, Manchester too. So I think that's one for you, Neil. There's a Oxford Road outpost coming up. That's really good news. Uh, the next time I'm down for a gig at that part of town, I shall definitely be popping in. Excellent. Like stroll down from reason. the village. I'll get you ready for another yeah, trip well. to the village, yeah. <laughs> well, that's one that it should be in a similar vein to Tower Hill in London. So a, a brew mm-hmm. pub. Um, pretty impressive site. And... With all due respect, to the opposite end of the scale from a massive brew pub in a huge city to Brewdog Peterhead coming in early March as well. So getting up, to, not quite to Fraserburgh, but getting up that way in Brewdog's spiritual home. And Peterhead's, then, Peterhead's nickname is the Blue Tune, so I'm kind of wondering what brew and blue jokes are going to do. <laughs> uh, we will see. And of course, local to Ellen is Inverurie as well, which they said towards the end of March, but... There's maybe chat it might not make the AGM, so watch that one closely. I think a lot of the staff live there, so that could be quite a good place for them to hang out when they're. In, you know who else lives near there, don't you? You? No, Watty. Oh, does he? Mm. All right. Well, I hope they've got bouncers on the door. Um, <laughs> Inverness is coming. Inverness is an interesting one because it's not that massive a place compared to other places they don't have bars yet, but it's such a major place for not with nothing else around it it should do Andrew, quite well do you know what yeah. else inverness doesn't have surprise me a greg's uh, doesn't it oh. what a loss for inverness <laughs> um now another one that's coming soon and this one says coming soon without a date and we've been here before which is st andrews which was promised two years ago at the AGM, which oh, then right. fell it through. Was all the fall, yeah, yeah. So that one was a bit of a mess. So we'll watch this space. And completely randomly, the Hop Hub Tap Room, which is going to be a little tap room just off the M8 at Eurocentral. In reality, it's a tap room attached to the chilled warehouse we've talked about before. So it yeah. won't have a stamp, they've confirmed. Um, it will have a stamp, but it won't be it will have a stamp, but won't be part of any badges. So 
not a mandatory one for the Scottish badge. It's a strange place for somewhere to be, for a tap room to have. Yeah, but it's a perfect place to put a massive warehouse. So yeah, that's oh, yeah, why it's yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> and then finally, Cambridge. They're working on Cambridge, but again, we've been here before. A quick rattle through overseas as well. Cincinnati is locked in for midsummer, so too late for this year's flight. But uh, if they do it in future years, that would be a good place to visit. Indianapolis going the other way from Columbus. Uh, that's coming up too. That's been confirmed. And then there's more speculative ones. So Shanghai, Kuala Lumpur are coming, but no real details. Toronto has been signed and the lease is there, so it's the first Canadian bar coming and that'll be fulfilled out of Columbus. And two bars in Paris. One is confirmed in Le Marais, which is a really good part of Paris for a bar to go, really cool, hip part of town. And there's also going to be an outpost, so just like Tower Hill and Manchester too. Four to go. Number one is Hamburg. So they have somewhere in St. Pauli, they say, which is the sort of gritty place off the Reeperbahn. Uh, I'm actually in Hamburg on business in a couple of weeks, but that's too soon for that. And I should probably do some work. So good job it's not open yet. Um, Brewdog loves Scandinavia. So they're back to Sweden, to Helsingborg, which Helsingborg. I think is quite near Malmö. So you could stamp your way across the west coast of Sweden. Second to last, Brisbane, a tap room at Brewdog Australia. And finally, there is a licence hearing across the Irish Sea for a Dublin outpost which is rumoured to be in around the docks area near the Google office, near all the tech offices there. If that comes through, it'll be Tower Hill style in Dublin. And that could be phenomenal. All right, I have several comments. First of all, I didn't know you spoke French and and all those beautiful pronunciations there. Well done, sir. I'm I impressed. Do. Next, next point. <laughs> Uh, I think, Neil, um, that's your travel plan for the next year and a half sorted out. Well, I've, I've got plans for every European uh, bar uh, by the end of this year. Let's we should say brew, brew dog bar. Brew dog bar. Yes, not every <laughs> European bar. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the other thing, of course, is uh, I'm, I'm not seeing Stoke-on-Trent on the list. And as someone from Stoke-on-Trent, as yourself is, Neil, that's disappointing. Really? Can I say a last thing on bars? Just a last bit on this, because it's a really important one because people complain. So there are some refurbs coming up as well. And anyone who's doing a stamp tour, check the bars are going to be open before you spend your money. I know friend of the show Tom had problems in London before when Camden was getting refurbished. Um, Brewdog Soho shut its doors last night for over two weeks. They had a huge closing party um, because they're getting refurbed. Barcelona's due to get refurbed. Brussels, since it came under Brewdog ownership, will get refurbed. And I think this one impacts you, Neil, but BD57, the franchise bar in Oslo, is slated for refurb as well. So please check the bar's individual social media uh, before you make any plans. Uh, Bruce, you're in my bedroom upstairs. There was just a loud thud on the floor. Are you okay? Yeah, no, I think I think I've broken your lights. Hold on. He seems to be you, using a torch. Have a light, why have you got a light bulb plugged into an adapter, plugged into an adapter, plugged into a third adapter? Don't ask, don't ask questions about what goes on in my bedroom. Right, a really quick one I wanted to mention. BrewDog are on the hunt for uni students who can help them spread the good word of BrewDog on campus. If you're in London, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Nottingham, Southampton, Aberdeen, Edinburgh, Glasgow or Cardiff... Check the forum, check the blog, have a look. It's a paid position. They're looking for some help. Uh, it could be a really good one. I uh, just really wanted to quickly mention that. Uh, and Bruce, we yes. finally got to the point. Carlisle. Carlisle opening. You have recorded us a whole thing. You have, I haven't heard this yet. You have no, you uh, edited it. You have put it all together. You went to Carlisle. Um, how was, was it? It was good. It was a, in fact, why not just listen to it? Okay, go for it. It's a Thursday, the 20, whatever date is, 24th of January. It is the opening night of Brewdog Carlisle. So I thought I would take myself down here to witness an opening. It's the first opening that I've ever been to. And I'm standing currently outside. It is 20 to 6. So we've got 20 minutes before the doors open. And I'm standing outside with a couple other people, three other people just now. And it, from the outside, it looks fantastic. It looks like... A big space. It's, it's a lot bigger than I expected it would be. Uh, 
Right, managed to get a table here at a wee booth in Carlisle. And I'm sitting here with the two Allens. Alan, Alan Mockery. And Alan Manley. And, and Pete. Peter, how are you? Not too bad, quite sober sadly. But now, I just want to double check. Pete, how many bars have you done? Nine. <laughs> Nine. I think I've done about three, right? Alan? 22. 22. But Alan Manley, who's the main man who at this table has done 42 today. Of Carlisle as it stands, does this remind you of anything else? Does this, does this sit with anything else in the 40 that you've been to before? I'd actually say it's not too far off the same size as Reading. If it was a little bit wider and it had the bleacher seating in the corner, it'd be about it's the same kind of layout with the booth side, the side of the bar. Um, they don't have any pinball machines I've seen. I've got to be honest, I'm gutted that there's no pinball machines. I'm a, I'm a huge pinball fan. But there's, there's no pinball machines here, unfortunately. Otherwise, I wouldn't be there. But yeah. The good thing about it is undeniably a Brewdog bar when you walk in. Yeah. It's got the same feel, the same vibe, the same lighting, the same booths, the centre tables, the, the bar layouts. Bar. It is undeniably a Brewdog bar. Yeah. I mean, we, we met the guy, the guy, the bar guy that came up and spoke to us earlier on. Jack. Jack. He'd never, he'd never touched a Brewdog beer in his life. And he applied. He got the job here, and you can see the passion. You can see it in him. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a wee chat with him just later on and see, see what he says. Potentially rainy, cold January night in Carlisle. Transport somewhere nice and warm and tropical in the summer. So I'd like everyone to raise their glasses and toast the bar to Brewdog Carlisle. Right, I'm now in one of the booths actually speaking with Jack, 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 Jack who is one of the, the, the staff here yeah, yeah, at Brewdog, one of the bar staff here. Jack, I believe this is your first ever Brewdog experience, is that right? It is, yeah, it is indeed. My first ever one. I've been here in about two weeks now. That's how long I've been with the company. Um, well, I actually didn't know a lot about Brewdog before I came and applied for the job. And upon applying and getting the job, our one of the first things we did was to go to Ellen, to the brewery. Yeah. And it was an unbelievable experience. And I mean, all of the training that we've had, uh, I mean, the in-depthness of it all has just been crazy. I mean, like, before I didn't really know what beer, like, what, were, what the ingredients of beer were. So before this, what was your beer experience? Foster's, Cronenberg, Beer Moretti. I had no clue about Brewdog or anything like that. And since then, how do you feel about beer now? Oh, it's, it's my life now. My absolute life. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think especially with the way Brewdog have taught us, they've taught us how to be passionate about beer. And it is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Really? I thought it was absolutely incredible. I mean, especially for me personally, I didn't know that any sort of science behind beer, yeah, just behind yeah, the yeah. process of growing beer. And I mean, especially for me, especially in the labs, the dechlorination of the water, I thought that was incredible. So like finding out what vitamins and minerals were in the water and then sort of replicating that to get the sort of different style of beer that you wanted. Sure. And all of that was just absolutely crazy. It blew my mind, to be honest, it really did. And tonight, obviously you were here last night for the Friends uh -huh. and Family Night. Tonight is like an EFP night. How, how you find it? Amazing. I think all of the people have been just superstars to us all, nice and friendly. And I mean, we have been working hard. It's been a very big learning Absolutely. curve for us. Uh, a lot of mistakes, a lot of things, but everyone's been so nice and friendly about it. And uh, no arguments. It's been absolutely amazing. I'm really sorry. I am going to have to make a quick getaway if no, that's no, okay. Get, get away. Perfect. Perfect. Thank all you best. so much. Cheers. So, Becca, you're, you live in Carolina, but you're actually from... Barrow. Which I have no idea where Barrow is. But where is Barrow? South Cumbria. So which Brewdogs have you been to? Um, I've been to both of the ones in Glasgow, yeah. uh, Newcastle, and a few in London as well. And Manchester. Really? Yeah. I've not been to Manchester yet. So how does this compare? Really good. It's really big, spacious, lots of room. Uh, really looking forward to coming here more often. So how far are you from here, your house to here, how far is that? 
10 minute walk. Really? Yeah. So is this now your, your, your new local? Definitely, definitely. My husband's a massive fan of Brewdog, so he'll definitely back here every week for sure. And your husband's name is? Paul. Paul, are you a shareholder here? I am, yep. And how do you find the new Brewdog here in Carlisle? I'm liking it, but I feel like it's going to take a lot of my money. <laughs> So there you go, that was my visit from uh, uh, to Carlisle. It sounds great, I can't wait to go. Um, question, I mean, it's, it's always difficult to gauge on an EFP now. I'm just wondering, yeah. did people seem to travel far to get there? Or was it no, mainly yeah. locals? Or No, that, well, you had, you had a guy whose work was, was well, the guy, as you heard, he was, he was five minutes away, and you had um, a couple of guys, one from Dumfries and one from Annan. So this was their closest bar. Now, as I worked out, that the train journey from Glasgow to Carlisle is exactly the same as the train journey from Glasgow to Perth. Yeah. In fact, I think it's I think it's slightly quicker to, to Carlisle. And you come off the train at Carlisle and it's a two-minute walk. It's actually literally a two-minute walk from the train station. Yeah. Neil, it. it's, it's going to be easy for you to get to Carlisle because it's on the West Coast train line, isn't it? Uh, it yeah, takes about two hours, most trains. Some, some are a bit shorter, but... It's not cheap. Will you, will you be travelling on the? Um, will you be travelling on the? What was it you were on? Oh, God, well, we went. Brain. We went to uh, Carlisle in December on the Flying Scotsman in the hope when we booked it that Carlisle would be open, uh, but it wasn't. So, we, but we got to see oh. Carlisle anyway, and we got a great day on the train. Oh, very good, very good. Yep, um, so, yeah, I, I would, I would thoroughly recommend a trip. I think the only thing is, is for me is yes, you could go to Perth, but then you've got Dundee just half an hour away. Whereas Carlisle, the nearest one, I think, where, where would it be? Back to Glasgow or, or further New, south? Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. So, which I think it's a long, it's a longer trip. Well, so. I'm, I'm yeah, no, absolutely it's, it's, it's a, it's doing. A, it's a lovely, lovely bar. I'm doing a lot more stamp collecting this year for sure, and so I'm going to get there. Well, so. I got a stamp on my hand, then I rubbed it off. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, before we get to Bruce's bad joke, I mentioned earlier that I caught up with Dave Grant from Fierce Beer on Thursday. So uh, there's so many breweries in the UK that we could feature on the podcast, of course, as well as Brewdog. But I do think that Fierce have a special place for us here as they, they are based in Aberdeen. They have the bar right next to Brewdog Castlegate. Lots of people visit them when they go to the AGM. And we did catch that interview with Louise before the bar opened. Uh, on top of that, Dave, Louise, who I just mentioned, and the other Dave who works out are amazing folks. And they've announced some very cool plans for 2019. Um, so yeah, if you listen closely, you might also get to hear a sneak appearance on this uh, recording by the wonderful Brewdog Abby, who is just, with us as well. So just before you push play, go on. We, we were talking about this earlier on, Rob, and the the password for the Wi-Fi for Brewdog is what? We love beer. We love beer. Yep. And what is the password for the fierce Wi-Fi? We love, we love beer, beer more. Well done, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. <laughs> yeah, very good. Right, here we go. This is Dave Grant from Fierce. Okay, I'm here in Brewdog Castlegate. Uh, I'm surrounded by several wonderful faces that I recognise from various places, especially the lovely Louise Grant from Fierce. Abby Scott, the world famous, definitely not the crazy sticker lady. I'm not allowed to say that. I am not allowed to say that. And, uh, of course, the one I really want to speak to here about everything Fierce is Dave. Dave Grant, how are you today, sir? Awesome, thank you. Amazing. Excellent. Dave, uh, I've got a few notes here. Uh, 2018, uh, you put a blog post out talking about some of the highs and lows of 2018. Pretty much everything doubled. Uh, that's the sort of headline you went with. How was 2018 from your point of view? Yeah, it was uh, It was pretty wild. We had a lot of amazing things, but yeah, most things did double, so we just need to move forward into 2019 and do it again. Awesome. Um, some fantastic collabs you did last year as well, and I see you've already got some brilliant ones scheduled in for this year. Uh, any of those jumping out at you want to highlight that you with any people you're working with? Well, for this year, we thought we'd change it around rather than last year was a bit hit and miss, a bit sporadic. Um, so we're doing a bit more planned collabs this year. So we're looking to bring out one a month, uh, single hop series. We've got a bunch of breweries lined up. So we'll give them total 
free reign to choose a hop and then choose a style, an ABV, a bitterness, anything. So it could be, it could be anything. So, so yesterday we did our first one with Verdant, did a Citra IPA, but we've got some uh, some crackers coming up. I'm looking forward to working with guys like Magic Rock for the first time, uh, Wiper and True again, Dugas, Burnt Mill, so lots of really good stuff coming up. Yeah, I imagine when other breweries come up to you, they really look forward to it because um, you, you don't normally do quite safe flavours. You like to push the envelope of it a little bit, of it, as people well know. Uh, but but it's, it's really because there's so many other amazing breweries out there doing some, some fab beers, so we do try it to be a little bit different. So, like the, the one yesterday with Verdant, we... Uh, it was going to be a, a great beer, but we thought we'd accentuate with a little bit of passion fruit juice added to give a bit more depth. So yeah, we'll, we'll bring these guys up, we'll do some different things, we'll see what they want to brew and maybe just tweak it a little bit to, to make it more fierce. Awesome. Now, uh, the bar itself, folks who came up to uh, the AGM last year, they will remember that you'd only just managed to get the doors open in time. I can tell everybody it's looking a hell of a lot different now. How's things going there? Are you happy with how it's going? Uh, yeah, it's taken almost a year, but I think we're okay now. You know, you're right. We opened probably way too early. It was still sawdust in the floors. Um, not very many things working, but we got through it, so it's fantastic. Uh, the seating's changed. The, uh, the whole place has got a bit of a, a, a look of paint and looking, looking better now, so it's good, it's there. So uh, we're looking forward now, to be honest, to, to opening up number two. Awesome, and it sort of goes without saying then that if people are coming up for the AGM, um, they need to come in past and, and say hello and see what you guys have got on. But we will have a chat about that a bit nearer the time. And you just mentioned there, bar number two, that's one of the exciting things about 2019. Have you got a location in mind? at this point? Uh, we're looking at a few different places. Um, we've got no real urgency to pick a specific city. It's just all about location. So it might be Manchester, Leeds, Edinburgh, London, whichever comes up first. So we've got a couple of nice ones uh, looking at Edinburgh. We've got one in London we're looking at too. So, uh, so yeah. That's awesome. And um, are you thinking about doing the crowdfunding model for the bar again? Not for the bar, no. The bar will fund ourselves, but we will be looking at crowdfunding in about 18 months. We're going to uh, build a whole new brewery in Aberdeen, which will be a, a, bit, a big tourist facility as well. So uh, it'll house our sour plant, our spirits department, everything will be under one roof. So we'll crowdfund for that. It will not be rewards based next time, it will be equity based. Awesome. Um, in fact, you, it's almost like you read my mind there. I was, next thing I was going to ask about was the brewery. I did notice you're planning on doing a tap room and restaurant as well. That's one of the things you said in the blog. And I know that's got a lot of people excited. Um, is there anything, I know it's early stages, anything else you can tell us about that just now? It's going to be located in one of the, the new big developments in Aberdeen. So a lot of people will be visiting it uh, anyway. We will be the only facility on site and what we're looking forward to is bringing some different things around. So we're looking at um, we're looking at things like making it a barbecue joint. We've got uh, tank bar options. We're going to have areas where we can hire it out for events of your own, even weddings. So, so yeah, it's going to be, it's a bit of a blank sheet of paper with a whole bunch of words on it at the moment. But we're going to have to make it something special for Aberdeen. Awesome. And um, I think I saw as well that I think all your sours are kettle sours at the moment. But this is going to give you the ability to do. Um, mixed fermentation really isn't it? Well we actually started a mixed ferm project already. We've got four beers that are sitting in red wine barrels right now um, and we've done that with some collaborative partners so far so we expect to release our first mixed ferms in August. We're going to release our London Craft Beer Festival where we'll have a vault uh, and it's going to be a great event. Awesome and speaking of events, um, anything else London Craft Beer Festival? I presume Edinburgh Craft Beer Festival any, any other big events that you're going to this year you want to mention just now? Uh, one that we're really excited about, to be honest, is Peak Ender, the Thornbridge event. Uh, we always wanted to go to that. Fabulous thing, so we're definitely hooked up for that one. Um, but yeah, just the usual ones at the moment, but we'll see what turns up. Awesome. Now, this is probably going to sound like a daft question, because I'm literally sat opposite the wonderful Abby Scott. Hi, Abby. Hi. See, she always tries to get on the podcast. Uh, how's the relationship with BrewDog? We're a BrewDog podcast, need to ask. How, how's things, uh, are they still looking after you? Really very well, yeah. I mean, 
we love what Rudog do, we always have done and it, it's maybe just because we're close but I think we've got similar sort of values as well so we love working together, we've got another collab coming up with them, we're going to be making something super special so we're excited about that too, uh, but yeah. Uh, Dave, I'm going to let you back get back to these awesome verdant beers that we've got on here tonight, I haven't even had any yet, I'm doing, I'm doing podcasting wrong I think. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for your time, thank you Abby, thank you everyone. Uh, thank you, cheers. And there we go. So yeah, I think the most exciting thing is the uh, the new brewery with a tap room and restaurant attached, which I am thoroughly looking forward to. It's just a shame they couldn't really tell us where it was, but I presume it's because they've not finished doing the deal yet. So uh, spot on, Bruce. Get us the let's get this out of the way and done with the bad joke. I apologise in advance, Neil. I'm prepared. Right, I'm not. What's Whitney Houston's favourite type of coordination? Maybe. No. Hand eye. Hand eye coordination. Wow. Um, thanks for being here, Neil. I'm so, so sorry. Okay, that's it for this podcast. In the next episode, uh, I will be up at Overworks. Not sure who will be joining me, but I'm sure they will, uh, as the amazing sour beers get launched, as we mentioned earlier. A final mention for our Patreon campaign. Please visit patreon.com forward slash news for all the details and the cool video that Kev from Border Digital put together. Uh, let's give everybody a chance to say where you can be found online. First, yourself, Andrew. I'm Andrew on the forum. Come and abuse me there. Neil, would you like to tell people about maybe your website where people can get in touch with you and your forum handle? They certainly can. My website is www.ndfletcher.org.uk slash brewdog. And on the forum, I'm at Neil underscore Fletcher. Awesome. And you can find me. Oh, hold on. Bruce, I almost forgot about you. Sorry, buddy. On you go. That's all right. I'm just playing with your, your, your egg timer. Oh, don't touch my stuff. Sorry. And you can find me at Brulafu on Instagram. Oh, here's a dog. Look. Oh, now you're touching my dog. Uh, you can find me at Sunscream on Twitter and the same Sunscream on the forum. You can find out about my day job by visiting robertcooper.xyz. That's it for this week. Send us a voicemail, local rate number 1224 518 501. You can email us studio at We're on Facebook, of course, facebook.com forward slash podcast. Our Twitter is at brewdognews and at brewdognews on Instagram. Show notes and past episodes are always available on the newly done up website, brewdognewspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they are available. There is a link on the website. Have a great couple of weeks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Tarami ducks. Come on. Come on, boy. Give us a kiss. <laughs>